0: Um, I don't know if you know this about me, but uh, before uh, vocational ministry, really the first 20 years of my adult, 20 plus years actually, of my adult career life, um, I was in the business world, and in that world, uh, one of my main areas of focus was uh, research and development with new medical devices. Much of that R&D time, um, for me, uh, I was blessed with the opportunity to spend a lot of time in what I would call ideation word you don't hear very often. Uh, some would call it creative thinking, others might call it uh, engineering, others would call it uh, a visioneering, uh, but it had to do with kind of just spending time thinking about uh, observing uh, processes and new development of uh, devices for use in uh, laboratories and hospitals and blood banking arena with that. And uh, uh, I'll just say, ideation is laborious work. I know it doesn't sound tough in many ways. Everybody's job is, uh, whether, whether it's a stay-at-home mom, whether it's in production, whether it's in management, every job is, is exhausting and tiring. But ideation is one of those things, like even Karen can tell when I come home and it's been a sermon preparation day because my mind is just like jello uh, by the end of the day. And so back in my business days, it was ser- uh, similar. Karen would come home and say, hey, what would you do today at work? And when I was in those processes, and it was like, well, uh, kind of like yesterday, but um, like I sat and I thought and I doodled and I scribbled and then I sat and I thought and I doodled and I scribbled. And you, in many ways, you're like, wow, I'm not getting much done uh, with this Uh, And yet the fact is is that that ideation work, the observing and going into hospital labs and watching how people interact even with equipment in in our area, uh, about 80% of the the people who are using equipment were women and women interact with equipment differently than men and coming to understand that and, and work and design to that and all of that is really important in that and one of the things I've observed about us as people and about companies as well, is actually we don't allow time to sit and to think and to do ideation. And I understand as a former business owner to where it's like, listen, time is money okay? And that's a reality. Get to the product, get it developed, because that's where the money is in it. And I get that, uh, but listen, when ideation is sacrificed, the end product is not what it could be, is not what it should be. And I would suggest in this whole arena as a church, as we're talking about what does it look like to grow and change in Christ, what does it look like to live new in Christ, it's the same thing with this that we sacrifice the, I'll call it gospel ideation, the, the, the scripture ideation, the investing of our time to understand the landscape upon which we live and we work and, and even what God has done and who God is. And, and we sacrifice that kind of on the altar of, just give me the mechanics. Just tell me the to-dos. I want to change, just give me the next steps. And then we wonder why is it year after year, it seems like, well, we still struggle with the same things and we really don't have much growth. Might it be that we haven't invested the time in actually understanding the whole landscape of what's going on and even understanding the landscape of what's going on in our own hearts and our own minds. A couple months ago, uh, I ask for you to select two items, areas of growth that you would love to see growth in, one that you could share with anyone, one that is just between you and the Lord. Um, here's the slides that summarize uh, many of those, if we could put the, that up. Uh, the side screens are the exact same, uh, the center screen is different. These are just things that you put on, areas that you could share with anyone. And so I'll just kind of, as an example, loving the Lord, it's like, just tell me how to love the Lord. Uh, with idolatry. Just tell me how to stop making things in my life idols. Like, just give it to me, prayer. I just want to know the mechanics of how I can be someone who prays deeper and more consistently with the Lord. I mean, we could go to the bottom of that where, like, uh, uh, I just want to know how to do my marriage better, how to get to a better place, or I want to know joy, or help me get past this eating disorder. What are the steps I need to make and the mechanics to make that happen? We go to the center screen. I want to rely on God more. How do that? I want to be more Uh, more selfless. Just tell me how. uh, Jealousy, discouragement. uh, We get to the mechanics. Got the picture? Uh, But here in it, uh, we don't invest the time to understand what's really going on at the foundation level of all this. So I just want for you to know today that whether you know it or not, I have been doing ideation with you for the last three and a half months, Um, I have come to understand this so important in laying the foundation that uh, in this whole Growing Forward Living New series, you may be getting to where it's like, come on, man, just tell me how. And I've been like, nope, not doing it. We're going to lay the groundwork. And so what we've done is we've taken time to look back and understand that we are created by God and placed by God here. And then Genesis 3, that we are broken by choice. And yet Psalm 139, we are known and pursued by God. Now that puts a framework of why we're here, what happened, and yet what's going on. We've got to understand that. And then let's not leave it there. Let's talk about looking forward and realize this. There is a time to die. Uh, Newsflash. Unless the Lord returns, everyone in this room at some point in time is going to die. Man, you're a happy dude, Doug. No, it's real. It's real. Oh, and then there's also as real as there's a time to stand. There will be a time standing before the Lord. And by the way, what goes on now matters. And then after that, those who are in Christ and know Christ, there's a time to reign for eternity. Why does that matter? Because this is just, this time period here is just a dot on the line of eternity. And that gives some hope that this is not the whole thing for eternity. Brokenness will be mended in the long run. And then after that, right, at Easter we went to the cross... And saw the the work of the second person of the Trinity on the cross, doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Taking the full judgment uh, uh, and payment of the Father and and rising from the dead, conquering sin, uh, conquering death, and making his work available to all who would receive that. And by the way, then after that, in this gospel ideation of looking back, looking back, looking ahead, looking to the cross and resurrection, we then took a look at what it looks like living new. The last three Sundays have been this ideation of, listen, do you know this? If you are in Christ, if you know Christ is your savior, you have been made new before God. The work of Christ has covered you and made new. And along with the made new, you are called to new. It's not, just, uh, it's not just the fact of being made new, but you're called to be new for God's glory. Oh, and then not only has God called us to new, but God has equipped us for new. And after all that groundwork, after three and a half months of gospel scripture ideation, it's time to get out the pragmatics. It's time to move it into the shop. It's time to move from the inventing room and the thinking room into the shop. And the first shop that it goes into is the shop of the mind. Friend, growth in Christ happens here. Growing and changing in Christ happens here. I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm not talking about self-esteem. I'm talking about, well, please turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. If you use one of the Bibles behind the seats there is page 891. Today, I'm asking out of today, just so you know right up front, I'm going to be asking out of today for the next two weeks that you do gospel ideation on your mind. That you are one who uh, observes yourself for the next two weeks on what's going on in your mind. I'm not even asking for you to make changes. I'm not even asking you for you to make alterations. It's the discipline of sitting and observing and analyzing and seeing. Just watch. Just watch your mind. So God, I pray as we dive into this text that you would just show yourself marvelous and wonderful. For your glory, for your name, it's all about you. In Christ's name, amen. So we enter into the shop of the mind. We're bringing our looking back there. We're bringing our looking forward there. They're bringing the cross and the resurrection there. We're bringing the fact of made new and called to new and and equipped for new. We're bringing it all there. We come to Romans chapter 12. We hear Paul talking to the believers in Rome, believers who live in much like a context and a culture like what we know today. And he says this, verse one, chapter 12, I appeal to you therefore, brothers. I appeal to you, therefore, sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your what? Mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay, let's go back. Let's work it line by line. Verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. I appeal to you, therefore, sisters. Uh, Paul is lovingly coming alongside these redeemed followers in Christ who have been made new, called to new, and equipped for new. He is coming alongside them, and in this, uh, he is exhorting them. He is encouraging them. He is making an appeal to them. He is not making a suggestion. Please understand that. This is not if you feel like it. This is an apostolic appeal being made. I, Paul, am saying to you and laying before you this appeal, and it has therefore... Uh, you always have to ask yourself, what's the therefore, therefore? Well, it connects. It connects right back. It not only connects to what's been going on in Romans 1 through 11, but especially it connects back to the verses uh, right before chapter 12, 33 to 36. It's like, because of God's riches and because of God's wisdom and because of God's knowledge and uh, judgments and his ways and his glory, it is out of that that I make an appeal to you. It is out of taking a look at who God is and making a doxology declaration of who God is. I'm going to take who God is and the reality of who God is and now we need to bring it back down into our life. So let me bring it down. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. And then the next line, by the mercies of God. I love that. That's like this strong apostolic appeal. And yet with it, he's like, listen, friends, only by the grace of God only by the grace of God. This appeal that comes out is by God's mercies, it's by God's love, and God's grace, and God's power, and God's kindness, and God's justice, and God's sovereignty, and God's making us new, and God's calling us to new, and God's equipping us for new. Listen, Paul is not about to say, all right everybody, man up, all right women, woman up. He's not saying that. He is saying, I make an appeal to you essentially we're going to see, to be engaged in this whole thing by the mercies of God, by the work of God in us. We talked last Sunday about it is the Spirit of God who works in us to will and to work for his good purposes. That, that, I appeal to you by the mercies of God. To do what? To present your bodies as a living sacrifice. To present, the word present, it's a term that was used uh, in the temple when the uh, a priest would present the offering on the sacrifice table. He is presenting, and that's the idea. Present your bodies. By the way, do you see the engagement of us? This is not come to Christ and sit back. This is come to Christ and be engaged. Come to Christ because you have not only been made new when coming to Christ, but you've been called to new, you've been equipped for new. Now let's engage, let's present ourselves as a living sacrifice. It's your bodies, it's interesting. In Christ one's soul, one's inner you is made new. Uh, You need to understand that. The made new is our soul, our broken, sin-cursed a uh, 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 totally depraved uh, reality is covered by the work of Christ. That, that would be a great time to go. Thank you, Lord. Right? Amen. And, and in that reality, though, uh, i was kind of term it this way. But the made new inner you has an outer you at this time of redemptive history. By the way, the Bible talks about there will be one day where we will have new bodies. You know, I, I'm voting for like Okay, we'll just leave it at that. six-pack abs would be awesome, you know, and I mean, all that, and more hair would be awesome, and you know, all that kind of stuff. But hey, listen, there's going to be new bodies, and that's why it's talking about your your soul, the inner you, before standing before God in our condition has been made new before God, but the reality is, is that we live in a shell during this time of of eternity and redemptive history, and and that flesh, as the Bible uses the term, it's not just the physical things of it. Uh, I believe it includes the mind and the will and the emotions. I don't think that there is a, a body, soul, and mind. Uh, I think the right thinking, biblically, is that there is a soul and there is a body, and that body includes the mind and the will, and it's, it's together, and, and this is where the, the battle takes. One, one, one commentator says it this way, the redeemed soul must reside in a body of flesh that is still the beachhead of sin. If we speak for God, it is done through our mouths. If we read his word, it is done with our hands, or with our eyes and our hands, hands to hold it, hands to uh, uh, understand it in braille. If we hear his word, it must be through ears. If we do his work, it is done through hands and feet. If we think of him, it must be with our minds that reside in our bodies. There can be no sanctification as far as progressive sanctification, walking in the Lord, no holy living apart from our bodies. The inner you has been made right before God, indwelled by the Spirit of God, sealed by the Spirit of God, and yet we are called to work that out, to work that out through the reality of who we are now. Uh, Paul says in Romans 7, 23 to 24, he says, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members, the flesh, another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members in my flesh. Hey, Paul's a redeemed guy in in Christ, and he's saying that. He understands the battle that goes on. Hey, it's in our mind where the battle really resides. It's in our mind, that's where the control center. Present your bodies, which includes the mind, as a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice. Jesus was the perfect idea of a living sacrifice. The second person of the Trinity, why would anyone of the Trinity want to step out of that place and come here to a broken world? Why would anyone want to do that? Answer, because that's a living sacrifice move. Because that wasn't really about Christ, if you will. It was about the glory of the Godhead. But out of it, it was for our gain. He stepped into our shoes to do for us what we could not do for ourselves and make that work available to all who would receive. That's a living sacrifice. Not my will, but your will, Father. A living sacrifice. And then it says, holy, holy. That means set apart. That means unlike and acceptable. By the way, you're not working to be accepted. It's this idea of set apart and well-pleasing. I want to be that to God, which is your spiritual worship. Those two words, uh, spiritual, actually it has the root of the word carries into this realm of logic. It can literally mean logic. And it's here, this reasonable service. Uh, The word worship, latreia, it's service that pleases. Listen, I'll say this this way. Holy, acceptable to God, which is the reasonable thing to do. It's the logical thing to do. Hear me on this, friends. As we're talking about verse 1 and Paul is making this appeal, he starts, I make an appeal to you. And he finishes verse 1 by saying, because it's the logical thing to do. So God's want, God wants people who think. And Paul is working to draw that in here. And the Lord is helping us to understand. God wants people to think. And redeemed people should, well, live more redeemed. Right? That's what should be uh, taking place. Verse one is kind of about this made new, called a new, equipped for new. It's about the what, but now it's time to ask the question how. Okay, I'm on board with that, Paul. Okay, Lord, I'm on board with that. I want to be that. In fact, everybody say, I want to be that. But how are you gonna be that? Verse two. Verse two answers it. Verse two, do not be conformed to the world. I, I love the way it's like, but how, but how, but how do I do? It's like, oh, let me tell you how not. It's, do not be conformed to the world. Uh, the word conformed carries this idea of masquerading or being molded by. Let's take the word masquerade for a minute. The world masquerades. You know, you picture the the world walks around with little masks. They're all unique, and they all think that they're so unique. You know, I've got this mask, and I'm that mask, and you're that mask, and you're that mask. We all walk around with masks, and yet the fact of the matter is, is they're all the same. Doug, why would you say that they're all the same? Because they look look different. Answer, because when it comes down to the core of the gospel and the reality of creation, all have been created by God, all have been placed by God, all have been broken by choice, all are known and pursued by God. By the way, all will stand, all will die, and all will stand before God. Oh, and by the way, the Lord Jesus Christ came and died on the cross, rose from the dead, making it available to all. On that level, level, on that reality, which is the core reality of humanity, all are the same. All. You may have different hair color, different size. You may be a man. You may be a woman. You may be rich. You may be poor. But when it all comes down to it, all created by God, all placed by God, all broken by choice, all known and pursued by God, all will die. All will stand. The Lord Jesus died for and rose from the dead for all who would receive, and that is all the same. And yet, we walk, walk, the world walks around with masks. I'm so creative. I'm so unique. Know who I am. And don't be conformed like that. Hey, younger folks, I, I want for you to know, oh, I just wish I could go. Don't do what I've done. Older people, gray hairs, you know what I'm talking about? Even if you're not gray-haired, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, my goodness. I remember at the University of Minnesota just going, what a bunch of lemmings. What a bunch of lemmings. You know, "Ah, go to the party, drink. Woo, yeah, we're so awesome. No, you're not. I'm really sorry, but logically, you're a bunch of idiots. Thinking you're all so cool, thinking each other's cool, thinking that was the greatest party that you had last night, And yet I saw them in the morning puking their guts out in the toilet. Like, that was cool? Because you weren't looking so happy right there. And yet, don't be conformed to that. Don't be molded to that, is the other idea. Uh, Quickly, uh, I remember in college, I was uh, at the University of Minnesota. I took a couple semesters to go to school in Grand Rapids, Michigan, to keep Karen. Because she was going to college there. And... uh, So in that uh, one of the classes, uh, we went to the Fisher body plant in Grand Rapids that makes doors and parts for a GM vehicles at the time. And man, at that time I'm like in my zone. I'm geeking out. i mean, this massive place in these two-story presses and they're lined up one after another. There's like six, eight of these in a row. And it'd be a sheet metal which uh, I used to work with all the time. And So this four by eight sheet would come up and come into the first press and poof, shoom, it would have its first mold made. And then it would pop out, kind of come on this conveyor. I could see the whole thing. And come into the next one set and it would just, it sounded just like that. And and it it would go to the next and go to the next. And then you come and there's a row of these there and a row of these here and they would come together and one would be the interior panel, one would be the exterior panel. They would come together on this thing and then, you know, they're all spot welded around and boom, you got a door. Oh, I wanted one of those. It was the coolest geeking out thing in it, and just to a scale I had never known. And yet all those doors are painted differently. Oh, there are red doors, and there's blue doors, and there's white doors, and there's black doors, and there's brown doors, and there's yellow doors. And yet they're all the same. That's what the world does. Youngsters, that's what the world does. It just wants to crank you out just like them. And us gray hairs and us older folks, We battle with it too, don't we? We get caught in it. Do not be conformed to this world. So do what? But, look at the text, but be transformed. Transform is a cool word. Remember transformers? They didn't have those. They just had rocks when I was a kid. But... (laughs) (laughs) with (laughs) rocks and sticks you know that's it our kids transform man I, i love playing with those things you know you take it it's one thing and you know and then whoa that transformed into something different the greek word here is the same word that's used regarding the transfiguration of christ there is Christ, and then there's some transfiguration. There's this, this new thing that takes place as the Lord is on the mount of transfiguration with all of this going on. It's that, by the way, transformed is not slightly altered. That's not transformed, that's slightly altered. Transform is not changed a little bit. Transformed is like, well, transformed. It goes in as a caterpillar and it transforms. How did that happen? It was transformed. And by the way, in the transformation, there's a whole bunch of stuff that took place. Oh, look at the text. Be transformed, how? By the renewal of your mind. By the renewal of your mind. Friends, life is fought Right here. Doug, no, it isn't. Life is fought out here. Um, you're, you're getting ahead. You're moving into production too soon. You need to step back and you need to understand the time and spend the time in the ideation. And you need to understand what's going on because the fact of the matter is, is you respond out of what you think. You do what you think. You are who you are because of what you think. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And if you don't think so, you haven't been spending the time thinking about it. And Scripture tells us by the renewal of your mind, that's where change happens. You want to have a better marriage? It happens right here. Oh, by the way, change him or her. No, you. You want to have a deeper relationship with the Lord? Where it happens is right here with you and your mind. This is by the renewal of your mind. Renewal, it means restoring. By the way, restoring, it carries this idea of restoring through repetition. It's not instant. Man, I'm waiting for change instant. I have so tried to do change instantly, and it doesn't work. I think God can do miracles in people's lives, but that's the 0.1% of the time. God wants us to progressively work out the renewal, the sanctification that He does. He wants us to see that progress out and that inner nature that has been made new. God wants us and takes great joy and delight in us working that out as living sacrifices unto Him. And that starts and that happens out of our mind. This is where the soul and the flesh collide and war. Listen. Ephesians 4, 17 and following, you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. You see, it's out of the mind that they are who they are. It goes on, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt, corrupt." and then it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Colossians 3.2, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Man, that sounds like Romans. What happens in your mind is what shapes you. What happens in your mind is what shapes you. And that brings me to Isaiah twenty six three. You will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Because she trusts in you. Hey, you will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. That word for mind has its root connection to this idea of a potter. A potter. What does a potter do? That's why I have the pictures on the side screen. A potter shapes and forms. Understand uh, the picture that's on the side screen of the potter. The potter is not uh, your fingers, the potter is your mind. Your mind shapes you. You are who you are because of how you think and because of what you think. No, it isn't, Doug. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a result of my circumstances. Circumstances have an impact on life, no question about it, but you cannot blame your life on your circumstances. You can't. We're going to see some of that next week. We are not doomed by our circumstances. Some in this room have had horrific things happen to their, in their lives. Sinful things happen upon you in your life that you had nothing to do with. And there is a victim reality in that. But what happens in the mind, based on Scripture and who God is, you'll keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Friend, in Christ, you are not a victim anymore there is victory. And it's us working that out. Not because of who we are, not because of our circumstances, but because of who God is and what God has done, and who we are in Christ. Oh, this is the the work. One commentator says, outward transformation is affected by inner changes of the mind when the mind is saturated and controlled by the Word of God. By the way, that's why last week, in talking about equipped uh, for change, uh, equipped for a new, we talked about the Spirit of God and the Word of God and the people of God. Those first two, particularly. What's happening up here? The word of God should be coming in. God, what do you have to say about this? What does your word have? We're teeing it up for the spirit of God to do a work in our lives because we learn in the scriptures that the word of God is the sword of the spirit of God. And yet we're waiting for the spirit to just like somehow bring the word into our life and yet we're to be the ones teeing it up for the spirit of God to be doing a work and we're the ones in our mind coming to the lord coming to the spirit oh god do a work uh, a transformed mind produces a transformed will a transformed mind produces a, a transformed will and, and gospel ideation is the foundation for transformation gospel ideation what happens up here is the transformation for uh, is the foundation for transformation you want to change in christ got to go here You got to go here where the Word of God is, where the Spirit of God is, and work it. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? How? By the renewal of your mind and by the way there are no little footnote notes of exemptions of certain circumstances of life that take us out of that call that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect just quickly on that now whenever we hear the will of God we 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 think there's this we're waiting from some supernatural like That's the will of God. Well Say it this way. What do you will for? Well, that's what we're talking about with God. What does God will? What does God desire? In this circumstance that is happening right now in my life, what would God will for me to be thinking and to be viewing this whole thing? Uh, by testing that you may discern what is God's will in this, God's desire in this. God, in this moment right now, uh, with, with my children, uh, with my spouse, with, with my dating, with, with my friends, with my work, God, right now, I, I, I'm gonna sit and I'm gonna ponder what, what would you desire? to have happen in this. And by the way, that can happen in in just seconds of of time to, God, what would be the right thing? How should I be thinking about this? Uh, uh, It's all up here. In this, where the soul and the flesh collide and God takes great delight in working it out. And that's why when we don't get what we want and we lash out in anger, that comes from up here. Every one of those items on the board come out of here. Every one of them. And so you want to know the mechanics. You want to know the work. The work begins here in this shop. And us bring the Spirit of God and the Word of God to what's happening and work it out. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Turn to James chapter 4 if you would. I just want to do a quick example here, and I love using scripture examples, so let's use it. James chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, uh, page 951. It's just past Hebrews. 951 in the Bible's there. Here's, Here's the case scenario. James chapter 4, verse 1. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Now, there is a winner of a question, right? I'm sure you don't have fights or quarrels in your family, or with your roommate, or with your work partners, or with your kids, or with your parents? Yes, you do. What causes fights and quarrels among you? By the way, we're not here in a moment of a Zen moment here, getting some human input on this. We are getting, actually, God is asking the question, and God is giving the answer coming out of his word. What causes fights? What causes quarrels among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? That's what we've been talking about. That's what Romans 12, 2 says. It's, It's the passions. Passions happen here, what you want, what you desire. Oh, In fact, that's what it goes on. Look, verse 2. You desire, desiring happens in the mind, and you do not have, so you murder. That's the outcome of what's in the mind. You covet, that happens in the mind. You can't have it, that happens in your mind. You think that you can't, so you work it out. You fight and you quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. I would argue, if our teaching this had more time on it, it's that we're talking, because you're not working it out in your mind. You're just thinking and reacting. Look at verse 4. Woo! He gets like on the table, James does. You adulterous people. Go. Hey, friends, at home, at work, in our car, when we get honked off, that's all going on right here. I'm not getting what I want. And I'm going to work that out. You see, here's the pattern. I desire. Desires are fine. Desire for love is a good thing. Desire even to be financially free is, is, is a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. I desire to, to be appreciated. I desire to be loved. I desire sex. Nothing's wrong with that. I, I, I desire uh, to get the promotion at work. I, I desire children. I, I desire to have children who obey. I <laughs> but then when it turns into, it goes from I desire to I demand, we've just shifted. We've now put ourselves on the throne seat. No, I, I, I demand love, I demand respect, I demand your attention, I demand to have my way, because my way is certainly the right way, I demand to have sex, I demand to have children, I demand that my children obey, and we could go on. I desire, I demand. When it moves from I demand, and then we don't get it, I now judge loser kids <laughs> loser parents loser wife i mean a godly wife wouldn't respond that way a godly husband wouldn't do that if they really loved god they would date me <laughs> if they really understood who i am they would give me promotion. They're a loser. I desire, I demand, I judge. You adulterous people, do you not know that your friendship with the world is enmity with God? And it is out of that, I desire, I demand, I judge, and then I punish. Because I'm not getting what I demand, I am now going to lash out in anger. I'm going to discipline my children in an ungodly way. I'm going to disrespect and dishonor my parents as a result. I'm going to give him the silent treatment. I'm going to take my time and do whatever I want to do and forget her. And we punish. I desire. I demand. I judge. I punish. Friends, I would suggest that is the pattern that James 4 gives us here, and that is the pattern that goes on our mind every moment, every day. And the question is, is are we going to stop it? Are we going to take it, and are we going to bring it before the Lord and trust the Lord in the working? Listen, the working happens in the mind. My goal for today was just to get us pragmatically to move from the ideation of looking back and looking forward, looking to the cross and the resurrection, to looking at being made new and called to new and equipped for new and bring that into these coming weeks I'm putting the pieces together in the pragmatics. And my goal for today is for you to understand that growth and change begins right up here, and it's biblical. So here's my assignment for you. I'm going to ask for these next 2 weeks that you watch yourself. Oh, not the person sitting next to you. This is not a time to be judge of how others are thinking around you. This is a time to get the log out of our eyes. This is a time to watch yourself. How you think, what's going on in your mind. How is this happening? Watch yourself. invest the time. In your one area, if we could put that in, and we'll finish. In whatever your area is, watch yourself. What's going on? For me, mine is gratefulness. I want to grow in gratefulness. I've been watching myself over the last weeks on this, because I knew we were coming to this point. And I've just been watching what's going on in me. Oh, just as an example, real quick, we've got to finish. I'll just say, this. one of the things I've observed is is I always think that when it gets to that next point, when, like, the next thing is done and completed, that's when things will be wonderful. And so I'm always living for that. By the way, I used to design uh, medical devices, so part of it was as I'd watch people, I'd see the problems, I'd try to come, solutions to the problems, and the gold came at the end with the solution, and I do that today. And I don't live in the present. And so I'm not grateful in the present. And I'm observing this in myself. What about you? With your thing? You might even take a scenario from each day and run it through. What was I desiring right then? What was I wanting, maybe so bad that I was willing to sin to get it? What was I wanting? What was I demanding? Was I judging? Did I punish? Or... Did the Lord, by the work of the Spirit of God in me, how did that cease and stop and respond right? We're going at the head. We're going at the head. If you wonder, well, what about when bad things happen to you? Come back next week. God, we pray that you would be doing a work in our lives. I pray that you would be doing a work in our minds. Lord, I have just so observed in myself that we just do life. Honestly, we lack the thinking. We lack the analyzing of ourself. Oh, we're quick to judge the mind of others. Oh, we're quick to judge the intention of others. But we are light on ourselves. I would ask that you would help us. Spirit of God, work in us to see ourselves. It might be ugly, but yet there may be times where we see like you doing a work in us. May we be attentive to our minds. God, living sacrifices for you. Help us. In Christ's name, amen.